Welcome to episode three of the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I'm Josh Anderson. In this episode, we'll talk about the Super Wild Card Weekend Review. There were some very interesting games. First time ever they had six Wild Card Weekend games. I was very nervous of the NFL adding two Wild Card games this weekend. Normally, the first two games on the weekend are usually the worst of the playoffs. This is the first time I have to say that all six games were great. I really thought that the Rams-Seahawks games was going to be the worst game, even though that the game itself was bad because of the quarterback play. But it was actually still a very entertaining game. Overall, though, I feel that since they're going to do this from now on, I feel that it's a good move. We have had under 500 teams still play in the playoffs. That is going to happen in the future. and But you know what? They can keep doing it because people are going to watch and they need the money after the pandemic. So the NFL, keep doing it because it was a success. The first thing I really wanted to discuss about the, in this podcast that I've, I feel that needs to be discussed is the... NFL head coaches that do not go for it when it's fourth and short at midfield. This goes out to Mike Tomlin and Mike Braverell. Go for it. Uh, it costs both of you your NFL divisional round games. I am so sick of NFL team head coaches not understanding that punting it and trying to have your defenses control the game just does not work in 2020. And until they realize this, that if your team can't get two yards at midfield, then why are you even in the NFL? You know, at some point, they're going to have to identify that, yeah, you think that your defense is good enough to maybe hold them and get good field position, but more than not, when the other team has a good quarterback, they're going to drive the ball down the field and get three or seven points. And when that happens... You lost time of possession, uh, time of possession, and the other team scored anyway. So what did you, exactly did you accomplish other than lose a possession anyway? So at some point, you really need to go for it and get the two yards. Now, Mike Zimmer for the Minnesota Vikings, which I have watched a lot of Viking games this season, finally has understood this. Now, his teams did not get the two yards this season, but... You know, at least he finally understood this and he went for it. Now, a lot of the media kind of went after him this year for doing it, but at least he did it. At least he tried. That's something that Mike Tomlin or Vraverell did not. So either way, uh, it's something that he needs to understand that, or those two need to understand that you need to go for it at midfield. If the Steelers would have done that, maybe the Cleveland Browns don't tack on another 16 to 18 points. And same for the Titans. Maybe they beat the Ravens. So that's what I have to say about that point of view and going for that fourth or short in midfield. Because if you give up points either way, you lost time in the game, and it's just a waste of time because it was going to happen either way. Um, The other thing that I want to say about the wild wild card weekend is, can we fire Al River on NFL? He is terrible at his job. It is so frustrating to watch the NFL review. And the funny thing is, and uh, Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk, it was pretty funny. Every time he would tweet out a Magic 8-Ball, 
because you really do not know what they are going to come up with every time they pick and choose what's going to happen when they go to review a play. There was actual visual evidence of the wide receiver from the Colts getting up and then fumbling the ball, and it should have been game over, and the Bills won. The NFL gifted the Colts. Now, luckily, now luckily, the Colts mismanaged the play, and the Bills still won the game. But at some point, the NFL has to realize that Al Riveron is terrible at his job. He's been terrible ever since he inherited the job. Now, you have Mike Pereira and Dean Blandino. Now, Dean Blandino is not the greatest, but he was a heck of a lot better than Al Riveron. So it's time for Al Riveron to go, and the NFL needs to suck it up and hire Mike Pereira back to that gig. Pay whatever dump truck load of money you need to and get him back in that job. Or find somebody else that understands the job and get someone in there that understands what is a catch, what is a fumble, or when a player is down by contact. When you have that done, maybe fans won't so be irate. Now, the one thing that the NFL has done pretty good this year in terms of refing, refereeing is that there has not been a lot of controversial pass interference calls. Now, there's a lot of last year, you know, they came in and there's a lot of PI was going to be reviewed. The NFL got rid of that in the offseason and there really hasn't been too many PI calls. Now, I don't know what that is about, but a lot of them have been pretty clear cut. So the NFL has gotten away from that and they luckily haven't had any Rams or Saints calls at the end of the game that has cost the team a game. Maybe that's one benefit to that, but luckily... They got rid of that horrific P.I. call for the flag. So either way, Al Riveron needs to go. So when we look at the games this weekend, they pretty much were... Some went the way they thought I thought they were going to go. Some did not. The Bills and Colts were a lot closer than I thought they were. Uh, the one sticking point that I thought that the Bills were going to struggle with was their running game, and that kind of came about in the Colts. Early and often, the Colts were able to prevent the Bills from running, and that that really showed up. There are a lot of early third and short, fourth and short plays that the Bills just couldn't run the ball. Devin Singletary is an extremely talented runner, but for some reason, the Bills just, just cannot run the ball. As a team, they only had 96 yards rushing, and 54 of those were, were from Josh Allen. Throwing the ball, Josh Allen was 26-35, 324 yards, and had two touchdowns from the air. Uh, Colts did have some, you know, they started out pretty good. It was at halftime, it was 14-10. You kind of felt with the momentum that maybe the Colts should have had the maybe lead at half, but they kind of should have maybe went for the points early, but they decided to go for the fourth down. You know, I've always been a proponent in the regular season to go for it when you can, but I've been kind of shifting, you know, be more of a situational timepiece where maybe you should go for the points. If they were to w would have went for the points there, maybe it would have shifted up the game momentum and they would have been up much more than what they would have been. And then they also missed a field goal. That's six points right there. So you're looking at a 30-27 to 27 game. Now, I know situationally 
game would have been different, but even if you tack on those six points, 30 to 27, but like I said, the game would have been different. But either way, Phillip Rivers, this game kind of resembled Phillip Rivers' career, if you really look at it. Just comes up short no matter what he does. He is a solid NFL quarterback. But when the game is on the line, it is a field goal kicker, it is a receiver fumbling, or even if he does get a second chance, he stumbles along the way and the team just falls up short. Even if it's on a, he if he's on the Chargers, if he's on the Colts, he just finds a weird, bizarre, bizarre way of him not getting the job done. So either way, Bills did get the victory. Uh, They did not look as dominant as they did early in the last few games of the regular season. I don't know if that's the playoffs and they need to work their way through it. If you look at their way they did it last year against the Texans, they started out hot and then they uh, were just trying to win the game. This year they were home, so they were just maybe just trying to grind a victory. So we'll see. Uh, next week, they have a big game against the Ravens. So the Bills next week are going to play Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They are going to have to maintain scoring a lot of points. They got really, really lucky this week where the Colts and Phillip Rivers don't necessarily score a lot, and they do stumble while Phillip Rivers does in the playoffs. They're not going to have that benefit next week. So as I said, Bills are going to have to at least run the ball better next week than they did, they did this week. Josh Allen... Like, he plays very... This is the best playoff game that Josh Allen has played since he has started. I'm very impressed with him. He still threw for a lot of yards. Stefan Diggs showed up. So far in all the playoff games that I have seen from Stefan Diggs, he shows up to play. Uh, the defense... I feel that the defense in this game should have played better for the Bills. They're going to have to play much better, better next week to beat the Ravens. So I will have a preview podcast later on this week about the games but for this game the bills played just good enough to win next game was the los angeles rams versus the seattle seahawks uh i i thought honestly the seahawks were going to win this game i thought when i did my preview podcast i thought it was just going to be kind of a fluky uh seattle weird scoring um russell wilson was just gonna find a fluky way to win that didn't happen. The Rams defense showed up. Russell Wilson threw a pick six. And you know what? Uh, I didn't even think Jared Goff was well enough to play. Now, during the game, Jared Goff did not look right. Um, well, obviously, the bad hit on John Wolford. Uh, you know, he went to the hospital via ambulance. Hopefully, he's all right. And, you know, I have to say Jared Goff will probably start the divisional game. But... Obviously, he his thumb was wildly inaccurate, and the Rams grinded their way to victory. I think what people need to say about this game is Russell Wilson needs to be evaluated on that he is a very streaky quarterback, and I don't believe that he is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. I, I just don't see it. If he could maybe find a way to get hot in the playoffs maybe he can find a way to win the Super Bowl but other than that uh, I I just don't see it he has the best wide receiver core that he's ever had and other than that I I just don't foresee any other way that to uh, other than blame him for this loss 
he did not show up to win this game. He, I, I, other than blaming the head coach, but the head coach isn't on the field. And the only other thing is the running game wasn't there. I mean, collectively, they had 25 attempts for 136 yards, 5.4 yards a carry. So you can look at that. But Russell Wilson was only 11 for 27, 174 yards, had two touchdowns, and like I said, gave up a pick six. So, and then Jared Goff wasn't doing much because he could barely throw the ball, and he was just coming off a thumb surgery. So where were where, where were you, Russell? I, I just, I'm not a Russell Wilson fan. If you look at the Super Bowl victory he had, that was because of the defense. You know, he, he has developed into a solid NFL quarterback, but other than that, if you look at his recent playoff performances, uh, he hasn't played well. Uh, the following year, he barely beat the Green Bay Packers in the a- NFC Championship game. Uh, he muddled around against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if it wasn't for a special team's gaffe, he was able to throw the ball deep, uh, a deep bomb. And the Packers gave up that. He should have lost that game. Uh, he lost against the Panthers the following year. And then after that, it's just been kind of not good. So it's just one of those players that people like him because it's Russell. And people have their defenders, but they just don't want to look at the facts. And the facts are he has not played well or hasn't played up to what people believe he is. And the fact is, is that he needs to show up. And if he doesn't, people need to start asking the questions. Is if, is this all Russell is going to be? And there we are. So when we look at the Rams, can Jared Goff be good enough to beat the Packers? I, I don't know. Um, is the thumb going to heal up enough to play next week? I don't know. Uh, he was 9 for 19, 155 yards. He played well enough to win the game. He threw a touchdown. Uh, it's all about the flow. If the offense can flow while passing the game, well, if the offense can flow well enough for the passing game to work, they can beat the Packers, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully Cooper Cup is not hurt. He did kind of hurt his knee uh, with a knee contusion. The last report that I read, he is going to be fine, but you, you never know. Cam Akers had a heck of a game, 28 carries, 131 yards, and a touchdown. If there is one weakness for the Packers, it is the rushing game, or rushing defense, sorry. Now, they have corrected that the last few games, but you, you never know because it's always matchup dependent. But if they go up against Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and if Jared Goff can hit a few of the receivers, you never know. So way to go. Um, also for the Rams, their defensive front is a heck of a defensive front. So, and with Bartari out, you, you just really never know if the Packers' offensive line can withhold up to the Rams' defensive line. Next game is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus, or Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Washington football team 31 23. I did not think that this game was going to be as close as it was. Uh, I felt that the Buccaneers were going to win handily after the Alex Smith was out. I didn't even realize that Alex Smith was going to be mostly inactive, but Taylor Heineke played the best game of his career, even though he got hurt. Uh, The only reason why I am aware of Taylor Heineke is because he was on the Minnesota Vikings. He was an undrafted free agent for them 
he had, you know, it was one of those games where he played so well that no matter, even if it was like an Aaron Rodgers performing like that, it would it would have been like all over Sports Center and everything. But it's Taylor Heineke, so it was like, oh my lord! And everyone made a big deal about oh Tom Brady beat this dude. So Tom Brady, oh how is he to go? No, Tom Brady played well. Tom Brady was 22 of 40, 381 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. You know, I'll be honest with you. If that was Jameis Winston, the Buccaneers would have lost that game. But because that's Tom Brady, Tampa Bay won. I was actually surprised that Mike Evans' knee was as good because that knee injury from week 16, or sorry, week 17 was not that good. I thought he was going to miss this game, but he played well. Six receptions, 119 yards. Uh, all I have to say is if the Tampa Bay defense plays like that against uh, Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers the following next two weeks, I have a hard time believing that they'll win. They need to shoot, um, need, need to play better, obviously. Tampa Bay offense, if they play like that, especially in the first, second, and fourth quarters, they will beat anybody. Uh, third quarter was a little – got to be careful on how many three and outs they have. That's a concern. When Tampa Bay's offense goes three and out, that is when they start to struggle, and usually that's when the defense gives up points. That's why they lost to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and why they almost lost to the Green Bay Packers. And it's also why they lost to the Saints so many times. Uh, next week or yeah, next week they will beat, uh, face the Saints, so hopefully they beat them because I, am a, I won't lie, I am a Tom Brady fan. I wish Tom Brady win his seventh Super Bowl. Uh, for Washington, I think their defense played great. It was nice to see Chase Young go up and go up to Tom Brady after all the um, smack talking that he did. I think the Washington defense played great. I think they are heading in the right direction in that route. It's all about drafting well. This team has always been about free agent signings if they are able to draft well. And I think Alex Smith should return next season. I don't really foresee them being able to get anybody for quarterbacking. I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to be traded there. So that's that's another story within itself. But I think Alex Smith there one more year, if he's able to be healthy enough rehabbing, we'll have to see if he's going to be all right to be there. But Tampa Bay should be – it's all about hopefully – Saints are always weird when they play Tampa Bay. This so far in the first two matchups, the Saints are like unbeatable. Everybody else, they seem to be middle of the road. But when they play Tampa Bay, they seem to be unbeatable. So we'll have to see if that is the case for next week. All right, we get to the Sunday matchups, and that goes the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I fully believe the Titans should have played better better than what they did. I think the head coach for the Tennessee Titans cost them the game by not going for it on fourth and shorts. Fourth and short. Lamar Jackson played his best best playoff game of his career. Uh, not throwing the ball necessarily, but at least running the ball. He had a 48-yard uh, touchdown run. Until that game, he wasn't playing that well, but you know what? He won in the game. Uh, defensively, they, Baltimore needs to play better. They will be playing the Bills next week, so if they uh, at least throwing the ball they're gonna have to watch out for that for Lamar he's gonna have to throw the ball better he can't rely on his legs uh, against the Chiefs or even the Bills he's gonna have to throw the ball better Tennessee down the stretch didn't play well they lost against the Packers and then they lost obviously against the Baltimore Ravens so Tennessee was kind of reeling down the end so 
We'll have to see what they do in the offseason. Tannehill, even though they signed into a long-term contract extension, uh, Tennessee really needs to fix their third down defense because that was putrid. Every time, every single time Baltimore would get into a third and short, they were able to get it. So we'll see. Other than, other than my little rant to start off this, there's not much else to speak about this game. I don't really care about the whole standing at the uh, middle of the field at their little logo. Uh, the only the only noteworthy thing about that is there was a penalty, and if Tennessee was able to come back and score a touchdown, tie the game after that penalty, then it would be noteworthy. But other than that, it was just kind of one of those things where, eh, who, who really cares? Then we have the... New Orleans Saints versus the Chicago Bears. This game was on Nickelodeon. I didn't watch it, but I saw some of the reviews on Twitter. Uh, it was very positive, so maybe the NFL could do that maybe for the Super Bowl for kids. I think, I uh, honestly, maybe the Pittsburgh Steeler game and the Browns game would have been fun, even though that would have been late for kids, but maybe they can re-air it because there's a lot more points scored. Uh, when it comes to the Saints... I think in my preview podcast, I came out with my same concerns. Drew Brees did not look good. Uh, he had 28 for 39, 265, yeah, 265 yards, and he still did not throw the ball down the field. He had a couple of nice balls to Michael Thomas, but other than that, he was middle of the road. He um, Then they, they had Taysom Hill in to try to throw the ball deep, and then he... Through an interception. Now, I, they probably considered it a fumble, but in all retrospect, it was a interception. Now, the receiver was open down the field, but if he's coming in for your deep balls, that's that's not gonna that's not gonna do much for me because it worked last year against the Vikings, but it's not gonna work well against a great team. So, uh, Drew Brees next week against the Buccaneers needs to play better. And that still did not happen. If the Chicago Bears had anything at the quarterback position, they would have won the game. Now, that's the Achilles heel for the Chicago Bears. They just don't have a quarterback, and Mitchell Trubisky is, they shouldn't, they need to move on. If I'm the Bears, you drafted, or you took away a lot of your draft picks for Khalil Mack, well, you need to do the same thing for Deshaun Watson because you still have a a solid defense. Well, you kind of need a quarterback, and there's one out there that needs to be traded. So you should really put your word in for Deshaun Watson if you really want to do anything in the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be there forever, and Kirk Cousins is a middle-of-the-road quarterback. Lions don't really have a solution, and you know what? It's there for the Lions. But knowing that GM up there, he's probably not going to do much in general. So either way. Uh, the Saints have a solid defense and everything, so we'll see how they do next week. I will have my preview and all that, but uh, Drew Brees still didn't look that good. Kamara coming off COVID, 23 carries, 99 yards. They really did not use him much in the passing game, which is not normal for them, but uh, they really got Michael Thomas back, so that was good to see. He got five receptions, 73 yards. That was probably the most I've seen of him all season because he's been riddled with injuries, and uh, he just has not. There's a, there was really at the beginning of the year rumbles that he might be traded, but he wasn't. So you know maybe he'll just keep his mouth shut and play football. We'll see. But as I said, the Saints and Bears 
were pretty much the way I thought it was going to go. Bears weren't going to score enough points, and the Saints would do just about enough. I was just hoping to see more from Drew Brees, and I didn't see enough for, I, I like I said, I think the Buccaneers are going to win next, next week anyway. I was just kind of hoping the Seattle was going to win, so I would see uh, Tom Brady versus Rodgers next week instead of the NFC Championship game. Instead of, or I'd rather see that the following week. Final game of the weekend was the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this was the upset of the weekend, uh, more than the Rams and Seahawks. Um, I was not expecting the Browns to be up 28 to nothing. I was not expecting that at all. I was watching this game on my couch, and I was as shocked when I was just like seven nothing, 14 nothing. I mean, when you know when when the Browns or sorry when the Steelers center first play of the game goes over Roethlisberger's head, it's like oh boy, this is just going to be a long game, and it really was. I think when you really look sum it up, now the Pittsburgh Steelers don't fire head coaches. Uh, they just with Chuck Knowles, they they just they just never have. And when you look at Tomlin, you know, he ju- he does have the Super Bowl victory. But other than that, it, ha- it has been a disappointing, you know, it, it has been a disappointing coaching. He has been a long-term stead in the playoffs. But other than that, you can't really name, I mean, yes, you can name old Bill Belichick's been there, but other coaches have come up and won. But when you look at Mike Tomlin, he, what has he done? He's won his division, but other than that, he hasn't really done anything. You know, he's he's had Le'Veon Bell go. He's let Antonio Brown go. He's had a lot of talent, but he's underachieved with said talent. Yes, he's had to deal with Tom Brady That's a, and Bill Belichick. That's a lot to deal with. But he never was able to overcome that. And even in the Super Bowl that he made with this um, Bill Cowher's team, he still lost to Aaron Rodgers. And then he's never been able to get back there. So that's just one of those things where, like I said, the Steelers are going to keep him. That's one thing. But it's just disappointing because you lost multiple AFC Championship games. And then uh last couple of years where you got demolished by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then you don't even make the playoffs. And then you have the Mason Rudolph injury. And then now you start 11-0, and and now you lose the first round to the Cleveland Browns, who haven't made the playoffs since 2002. But we'll see. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers have a lot of cap issues going on. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I think, has like $42 million cap hit. If he goes, it's like it goes down to 22. But Mason Rudolph is not the quarterback of the future for Ben uh, for the Steelers. So I think Ben Roethlisberger will come back for another year. His arm does look fine. But what they need to do is f- figure out their running game. They need a talented running back. James Conner is not it. So they need to re- rework the line so they can actually run the ball. Because that was down the, down the line. Yeah, you can't look. I like throwing the ball, and throwing the ball is extremely important in the NFL because you always hear, oh, it's a passing league, it's a passing league. I'm not saying you have to run the ball 25 times, but you at least have to be effective enough in the running game to make a difference because if you can't run the ball at all, 
you kind of tend to be one-dimensional and everybody knows it. So they need to work on that. Pittsburgh is fine on defense, I think, even though they tend to be a, slightly a little above average. But you're going to have to deal with the Browns now, and then you have Lamar Jackson for years. So until they figure out something about running the ball, um, we'll see. I guess they said on the telecast that they have like 18 impending free agents. So until they can, until the NFL figures out how much cap space is going to be involved, we'll see. But spending about, about talking about the Browns now, way to go. They probably will not win next week because they have to go against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we'll see if the Browns can be at least competitive in that game. They'll probably give like a puncher's chance early, and then the uh, Chiefs will come out on top. By the way, way to go, Kevin Stravansky. Uh, he should be the coach of the year. He, I know he wasn't on the sidelines last night, but unlike Freddie Kitchens, he knows how to run a team, and you can tell that his influence has been there all year. Baker Mayfield has made a step in the right direction. Do I think he is an elite quarterback? No. But you know what? He has made Baker Mayfield into a above-average quarterback that's not going to make mistakes, that if you put a steady offensive line, he could be a Kirk Cousins-level quarterback. That could be a little bit better than Kirk Cousins maybe, but you know what? And that's fine. That can win a Super Bowl. That, that can win a Super Bowl. But you need uh, a steady-hand head coach that can develop a quarterback into something that he was not going to develop as with Freddie Kitchens. So we'll see. But way to go, Cleveland Browns. At least you could say you won a playoff game, and that is a step in the right direction from a franchise that has been going nowhere since 2002. Um, other than that, in the weekend, there was the uh, some drama from the uh, Deshaun Watson fiasco. Um, from the Texans' perspective, you had an owner that passed away recently that made some racist remarks. Uh, the inmates are running the asylum. You can go either way with those comments. You know, when it comes to the agent and the, to the player, when it, when you had the agents tweeting out some nepotism stuff, to the agent, I'm sorry, but the player did not have to sign that big, huge contract. You could have just played off the franchise tag multiple times, and then you could have just left. You have to play within the rules of the NFL, and the fact of the matter is is that when you are a first-round talent, talent, you are basically on that team for eight years, no matter what you do. You have zero leverage in the NFL for the first, if you are a first-round pick for your eight years. So I, I just don't know what you're going to say. When you get past eight years, then you can elect where you, where you want to go. And then you put a no-trade clause in that contract which it makes it even more difficult to trade you. So I don't even understand why you're just, you just act like, oh, well, I'm not talking to the team or I'm just going to argue with the team. Just move on. You're the one who signed that contract. You did not have to sign. No, I understand that's like $130 million is a lot of money, but you didn't have to sign that contract. You didn't have to. You could have just played. You could have done the Kirk Cousins, signed the franchise tag, and moved on. That's all you had to do. Now you're going to pout, and now you got Tua in this conversation, and now everyone's ringing, and Tua, who did nothing. Tua, who's just trying to develop himself in Miami. 
and you, you now he's being drug into this. So how about you ask for a trade or you just play out your contract? That's all I'm asking. Because honestly, getting other players drawn up in this, it, it's just not fair. Other than that, we uh, they're getting the uh, other news, the NFL that I read. They're getting the combine schedule figured out. Should be pretty interesting. Um, the only other thing that irritated me that I was reading, and this is more of a college football-related mess, is that you have people writing that um, should the college of football season ever had it, or you had Deadspin writing that the NFL finished their season, it was not an accomplishment. That irritated me because it's like, you know what? What are we supposed to be doing? Just sitting at home twiddling our thumbs because uh, people need work, people need jobs. Otherwise, people are just going to get them in trouble. This is the one thing about the whole lockdown situation that really pissed me off. And it's like, and they wondered why people were, and now people are going to get mad at me for even saying this, but I think some of the rioting that happened this summer, you know, even though you have the social injustice, which is wrong, we should all be treated equal. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you have people sitting at home on lockdowns, doing nothing, is leading to people going out there and doing stupid things. Because they have nothing to do. This is why we need to get the back to work where people ha are getting back to events, concerts, sporting events, anything and everything. So people don't have that sitting at home doing nothing. So when, when you have NFL going, when you have people shooting films, when people have entertainment avenues to go do something, it's saving people time to, so they're not getting themselves in trouble either way. So going off on a little bit of a side tangent there. I apologize. So either way, that was that's it for this review pod for the NFL Super Wildcard Weekend. Coming up, I'm going to do a little snowcross review. They had round one and round two of the Elk River snowcross. Uh, a little bit of an observation on that. Uh, gonna Well, Actually, hold on. I'm going to talk real quickly. Uh, tonight is the college football championship game for Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, it should be a good – hopefully it, it is a good game. Um, I do think – it hurts me to say because the Gophers are in the Big Ten. I, I, Alabama is going to win, I think. I, I really don't – hopefully it's a better game than the last time Alabama faced Ohio State because Alabama kind of dominated. But tonight – like I said, Alabama should win. Either way, so for the upcoming podcast, podcast, I'm going to do a snowcross mini review, and then I'm going to do a football uh, divisional pre, uh, what's going to go, what I think is going to happen, and then I am going to do a, obviously, a, super, a supercross coming up, so I'll do a supercross review, and then I will do a divisional review, so... Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, hockey is going to start on the 13th. I have a fantasy draft tonight. First time I'm going to do hockey fantasy, so I'll see how that goes. And then I'm also going to do Supercross fantasy again, so I hope that goes well for me. So either way, uh, this is episode three for my own little podcast. I am fun having fun doing this. Thank you for everyone for listening. Thank you.